Welcome back to Serious Fun, a podcast where real people have serious fun conversations about life, society, culture, and health. It's Brooks here. This week, my guest is Alex Morningstar. Alex is a health coach who helps people optimize their morning to transform stress and anxiety into lasting strength and energy. We met at the Strong Coach Summit in Imperial Beach, California in August of 2019, and I knew immediately after meeting him that we would have a solid and long-lasting relationship. Alex and I reconnected earlier in the year in Colorado, and then we facilitated a retreat in Mount Hood in Oregon. Needless to say, I'm a huge fan of his work, and I'm a huge fan of him as a person. He's kind, he's knowledgeable, and he gives that knowledge and kindness freely, which is what I love the most about him. So it was an absolute pleasure to record with him. We talk about the radical lifestyle changes brought on by COVID-19 and how to master your morning to transform your life. I'm excited to present to you Serious Fun with Alex Morningstar. They will not keep the homies down. We will not. This will not stand. This aggression against my my email and my Zoom. This will not stand. But will what will stand is this conversation because you're awesome, dude. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. What's been going on? What's been going on? Yeah. Um, man. So what's been going on is we're rolling into the holiday season, and so we're in full family mode. Um, Jody's been setting up gingerbread house uh kits for us and the kids so like we've had the dinner table covered with sugar plum fairies and gingerbread chimneys and candy cane ridge lines for roofs and stuff and um uh we went up we watched a christmas family vacation the other week and i was super inspired so i i swept the kids away up to the mountain and we we went up to this Nordic skiing area and we took the dog with us and um, it's called pocket Creek, this place. And it's like everybody's snowshoeing and skiing and it's super magical. And we, we found a Christmas tree and cut it down. So wow, basically straight up holiday time. And it's been really, I, I've been super uplifted just moving into Thanksgiving and Christmas and doing the whole family thing. It's been awesome. One thing that has really stood out to me in 2020, and I'd say like the 2019 and 2020, it's been coming closer to my awareness of the, some of it are uh, manufactured, but just like the, the seasons, really observing the seasons in how I show up in the world. Whereas, you know, spring is like creation and things are blossoming and quick, you know, ideas, creativity. And if you nurture those ideas, you move into that summer time where things start to fruit, you know, and then you have the fall, which is like the harvest of such things. And then you have the winter, which is the break. And um, after spending quite a bit of time on the road, it was like the thing I was looking forward to the most was the season of the winter the holiday season of like retreating, looking back, being grateful, 
uh, uh, offering gifts just to, to give, not because I have to give someone a piece of material, but like I thought of you and, and this is something that I want to do to express myself. I don't know. I don't know what it is about you, but like your life to me is like the sugar plum fairy, like table, like all the time, you know, you always seem like you're trying to bring out some sunshine in, in, in other people. So it's like, it doesn't surprise me that this is what you guys are doing. And it sounds freaking majestic as hell, like a Nordic Swedish or Nordic uh, skiing area with snowshoes. And man, it just sounds like an awesome time. I'm uh, I wouldn't say I'm jealous or envious because like I, I, I get to be showered with love in my own way, but it does sound very, very nice. It's been it's been really great. We've been, you know, we watched The Grinch Stole Christmas. My favorite Christmas movie is uh, A Very Murray Christmas. I'm sure people have seen that with Bill Murray. Uh, I watch that maybe every three nights when it's holiday season. Yeah. So yeah, we're do we're doing the thing, having fun. That's awesome. Houses decked out with Christmas lights on the front. It's good stuff. That's rad, man. Um outside of taking time with your family, um, tell people what you're serious about right now in your life. Uh, what I'm serious about right now in my life. Um, I'm, I get serious about a few things. I, I like to take things. I have fun, but also I get really into stuff. Um, I'd say on the forefront is, uh, you know, the work that Jody and I are doing together. We take that seriously. Um, we sold our gym in March. I know you and I can relate on that process. And um, since then, we've been moving online with our coaching. And we're really in the creation zone and um, and coaching zone right now. So we're, we're building a new online program, the Morning Routine Dojo. And um, this all came from our experience as gym owners where we were teaching Brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing and some movement. And we started to see how important it was for people to be doing stuff at home throughout their day. Um, you know, they'd come see us for an hour to 90 minutes, three or five days a week. But then the rest of their day, um, we started having conversations with our people about, well, how are you eating at home? What's your sleep like? What sort of lifestyle practice are you doing to support coming and, you know, doing something intense like Brazilian jiu-jitsu? And, and we started to see that the, the other 23 hours in the day were really important and often neglected for a lot of people. And so that gave rise to us um, thinking, well, what are the, some powerful ways we can support people and having a solid um, practice, especially now with so many gyms closing and people trying to figure out um, not only gyms closing, but like a lot of people are working from home. So you go from the super structured lifestyle where you get to work at a certain time, you go to the gym at a certain time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, nowadays, people are at home trying to set their own schedule, trying to work out on their own. And so we're really serious right now about supporting people um, with their evenings, their mornings, their health and fitness, when they're really at the steering wheel of all that now, if, if they're not at the gym anymore. Um, yeah, man. It's something, yeah. No, keep going, keep rolling. Uh, it's something we're really interested in because we we homeschool our kids. We have been doing that even before the Zoomtopia got set up. Um, 
and then we work from home as entrepreneurs. And so we've, we've been crafting and designing our lifestyle for years now to be balanced family time, work time, fitness and health time, play time. And so we're serious right now about sharing the systems we've built out for our family and our athletes at the gym. And um, yeah, we're, we're going, we're going big with it now. We're uh, we've got a Facebook group, the morning routine dojo. And um, yeah, most of my mental capacity during the workday, that's what I'm doing is building out that dojo. Here's the, the reason dojo. the reason that I think that the work that you and your wife are doing are so important. It, it uh, 2020 has been a big shift uh, from individual to assessing individual needs to uh, assessing group needs. And in this case, the unit or group that we're describing is the family. Like you said before, it was like there were these little zones that you got to inhabit. Uh, for the standard family, the kids go to the school zone and then they have this structure that's built for them in the school zone and the parents go to the work zone and they have their own little structure that hangs out and the norms that they create in the work zone. And then there's the, the family or the home zone and there are these like behaviors and habits that are, um, you know, constructed in the, in the home zone. And now all of those zones, uh, either by choice or by, uh, by force is now the same zone. And one thing that I know about habits is that, um, the, the setting really just like drives our habits. So we have a lot of habits that are built around our work zone, so to speak, as parents or as adults, that when we're out of that zone, it's hard to keep those habits or things going. Right. Because now you're back in the home zone and the habits that happen at the home zone, very different than the habits that happen at the work zone. And for a lot of kids that happen in the school zone. So um, the biggest uh, question that I've received this year from either people that I've worked with or people that just know to use me as a reference is what do I do now that everything's at home? Because it's like such seems like such a radical shift for them. Whereas you and Jody, you've been you've been crafting this for years. So who better to lead people into this seemingly unknown world than people that have been working on it without uh, not by force, but by choice. You, you chose before this to have your kids stay at home. You chose before this to work from home and you chose before this to like build in those healthy habits as a family. So if someone's hearing you now for the first time and they they're having that experience it's like, dude, my my, my routines, my, my practices are all jacked up. Like what are going to be some of the first things that you do to assess the whole group need as a family and at home? I love this line of questions. This is totally where my mind is at. Um, the first thing that I share with people is um, the mindset language and ownership shift that needs to happen if you are going to be managing all your own systems. So if we've spent a lifetime expecting school, employers, um, other entities to give us a really solid framework, like gyms. usually the hardest, like gyms also, exactly. Usually the toughest thing for people is shifting into a mindset where they're, they're the ones setting their own boundaries now. They're the ones taking ownership. And... Um, Tapping into yourself and 
what it's like to manage yourself, to set discipline for yourself, uh, because now you can't you can't project that onto your coach. You can't project that onto your boss. You can't project that onto your teachers. When you're sitting there at home by yourself, either you do the things or you don't do the things. And it's it's ultimately in your hands. And so really, before we talk about any techniques or strategies or scheduling, which there's a lot of all that, I encourage people to do some journaling and self-reflection on what does it feel like to be my own leader? What does it feel like to be my own motivator, my own my own guide, essentially, because if we're used to projecting that onto other people, it's going to be pretty tough to take meaningful action. Once you make that shift, though, and you say, okay, I've been sleeping in, um, eating the sugar, drinking all the drinks, uh, starting early in the day because nobody can see me. I'm in my pajamas. I'm having a, a midday wine. You know, people's people's stuff is different right now. And that's Dude, that's cool. But here's the thing. You're the one deciding those things and you have to decide, am I setting up a system where I do a midday wine or do I do an evening wine? And it, it all starts there is the mindset about I'm the one in, in charge and I'm going to have to lay out some some bumpers or boundaries for myself. And so um, the first thing is like at the bowling alley, when you put those bumpers up on the sides uh, people need to set up some bumpers in their day because they don't have the ones they're used to. So if you're used to going to work, you're used to going to the gym, et cetera, et cetera. How can you set up bumpers for yourself at home to take the decision fatigue out of the whole thing? So you, you nailed it. There are these zones of our life. And the first step is really identifying those zones or containers. So then you can start crafting them. So the way Jody and I do this is you've got your morning. That's everybody's going to wake up no matter what your situation is and everybody's going to go to bed. And so for me, that's the starting point, whether you work swing shift or you have an online job or an in-person job, everybody's going to wake up and everybody's going to go to bed. And, and I look at it as like, let's, let's start digging this trench like one shovel full at a time. So where's the first start part to start digging? Okay, morning. What are we going to do for the first five minutes when we wake up? Then what are we going to do once we dial that in? What's the next 15 minutes going to look like? And you can start to build out from there. And it just depends on where people are coming from. Some people will have a whole system already in place and we can go really deep with that. Some people are like, I just can't even get out of bed. And so for me, it's, it's those two things. It's starting by taking ownership of the fact that you're going to be building your own system and then starting to see, you know, what are the elements I'm working with and how can I start to build? I want to expound on some of the benefits uh, of building your own systems to allow you to riff on it a little bit in a minute. And that is this. I've been thinking about, so my, my academic and professional background before getting into the fitness and health industry is I'm a man, essentially like a management consultant. I'm a business strategist. So if I had stayed in like the quote unquote business world, I might have found, my, found myself working for a consulting firm um, where we come into unknown situations across many different industries. And we apply a set of tools that help us understand the system before we try to make 
make any sort of recommendations. But one thing that entrepreneurship and health have in common is that you can use these things to build resiliency on behalf of the whole. And now let me kind of go a little bit deeper on that. From an individual health perspective, if I'm taking care of my personal health, then it allows me to help others care for their personal health. And I'm no longer, or at least I'm minimizing the impact that other people's decisions have on my health and wellness. Okay. The same thing for entrepreneurs. One reason that entrepreneurship is so important and this ability to, even if you're not working by yourself, let's just say you're becoming the entrepreneur of your life, the person that makes the decisions of your life, then what that does is it provides more resiliency on behalf of the whole. Because if we become very reliant, say, on the institution or the gym or the workplace to tell us to set our structure, to pay us our money, to educate our children, and something comes out of the blue, like a, pan like a global pandemic, then many people are left feeling uncertain because they have yet to uh, 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 master and maintain their own thing. So the more that we can help either people with their health uh, or people like say empowering with their business is that when people can master and manage their own systems, they become less reliant on these institutions that they have very little influence over. And so if I'm taking care of my health for years on end and something like this shows up like a, a like COVID-19, then I'm now going to be more resilient to COVID-19. I, you know, it doesn't mean that I won't get sick. It just means that I'll be more resilient to this changing environment. And the same thing with uh, building a business outside of what we people would call like the mainstream structure is that when the mainstream structure comes to a halt, all of the sudden you are as an individual are resilient to this sudden change in the economy. So the reason that I'm expounding on that is because I want to I want to show people here that it's yes, it is factually true that Alex and Jody are teaching people techniques um, to take a, a, a like control or um, I, maybe the take like the driver's seat behind their day, but yeah, the ownership. Impact, ownership of your day. But the impact of that is bigger than just the things that you're teaching. Overall, you're helping family units little by little become more resilient and self-sufficient. And I love that about your work. Yeah. Whether it's families or individuals, uh, resiliency and the other word is sovereignty um, or ownership. Uh, those, those are definitely driving principles that we want to share with the world. To your point, you know, everything changed culturally but our day-to-day -day life almost didn't change at all. Uh, we, like I said, we had always homeschooled. We were already working online. And so really it was a, a small adjustment for us to make. And yeah, I'm, I'm just basking, I'm bathing in everything you just said. Uh, I, I, I was just sorry to jump in because we're doing this over Zoom, yeah. so it's hard to, but the, uh, it's, it's important, like I said, it's important to really get to the truth of this, which is that because your life changed very little uh, when something like this happened, it doesn't also mean that it didn't take a while for you guys to master this stuff. 
right? This has been a multi-year right. process that you're now guiding people who are essentially by by circumstance now needing needing these tools all of a sudden. It wasn't a necess- necessity before, but now it is. And it's not like you guys just figured this out. You, you've been cultivating this over years. And I, I imagine it's part of your messaging that the reason we do this in small chunks is because it's going to be a, a journey. It's going to be more than just a, a three-month program or a, a transition period. There's going to be integration that happens over the course of years. Yeah, it is a it is a process. Um, I'd say, I'd say I've been working on this sort of mindset for about ten years now, and uh, it started when I when I went to live on an intentional community and uh, I did a permaculture design certification course and I did this immersion and lived on a farm and all that stuff, and I started to see the difference in how most people are living. And what a real resilient lifestyle would look like. And it was shocking to me to see what goes into really self-sustaining. If a, if a community of people really wanted to take care of themselves and provide for their own needs, I started to see globally what a human being needs as far as their own personal needs, as well as the interpersonal needs. And it put me on a journey for the last 10 years to I basically felt inadequate or unprepared to handle things like imagine growing your own food or imagine building your own structures or imagine managing a community of people. And that really is what set me off on this track for the last 10 years. And um, through that process, I became happier. I became more robust. I became more um, at peace and and I think that each each time I took a step toward owning my experience, it just made me feel more confident and more alive and more grounded. Um, a lot of people feel swept away nowadays in the intensity of online information and the fast-paced lifestyle, and it's hard to even find a, a moment to breathe. And so, if we can if we can help people get more into that grounded place where they're relating to their life in these really foundational ways. It's, it does build resilience. It also builds a lot more meaning and purpose when you're, when you're caring about your food and you're caring about your sleep. It's like, it's like tapping into caring about it is really a big part of the whole thing because most people are pretty happy. Just, I wouldn't say happy. They're, they're used to, they're used to relying on other entities to take care of their food, to take care of their decision-making processes, to take care of their, their enjoyment. So, so you go to the grocery store, you go on Netflix, you yada, yada, yada. And um, yeah. So in our program, we pose the question, it's like, what would it look like to wake up and own your morning And then if you just keep going down that line of thinking, well, what would it look like to own your later morning? What would it look like to own your afternoon? And all of a sudden, instead of feeling like life is happening to you, you can start creating your life one one block at a time. And again, it all goes back to that sovereignty or ownership, um, like on the intentional community, a group of people saying, we're going to be sovereign. We're going to own our living systems and and that's that's a deep layer of what inspires me to 
to do this kind of coaching uh, specifically. That's rad, man. Um, yeah, it has been such a such a transformative year. And one thing that I will say is like, it's like society, the society at large. And I mean this, I'd say the, well, let's say the Western first world society at large has been napping. And I don't know about you, man, but I love naps. I am a huge nap guy. Um, I love getting into my bed and I love getting into a well-made bed. So you pull it back, you know, and you get in it and we have like a, uh, on top, like a weighted blanket that we throw on at the end. So it like really cinches you in nice and tight and it's warm, you know, and all of a sudden 2020 just came and ripped those blankets (laughs) off and it was chilly. You know, it was a chilly, chilling situation, which is that. Wow. In an instant, things can grind not to an absolute halt, but things can shift very dramatically, very suddenly. And a lot of people left feeling or in those moments woke up feeling exposed and uh, and naked, you know, spiritually speaking or uh, professionally. Mm -hmm. Many people lost their jobs. Right. So there's this moment of awakening that, you know what, I've actually been letting my blankets, a.k.a my job or the food that I eat or my regular routine. I've been letting these blankets keep me warm and now they're no longer here. How can I get warm now? Right. And then it's like, it starts to become, well, you got to create your own heat. Oh, how can I increase creating my own heat? And you go, Oh, I I can move around. Okay. Well, this, the world isn't so bad now that I'm kind of moving around you know, and then you start to like go, oh, wow, I can, I can do this, you know, but that moment 2020 has just been that, that like, and by metaphor that ripping off the covers and realizing how chilly it is and realizing that you are not as protected as you thought you were, you're not as things are not as certain and as sure as we thought they were, but, and this is a big, but I'm doing the, I'm uh, uh but acknowledging the transition here I like big butts and i cannot lie <laughs> this is a big old butt bro the big butt is that there are things that we can do the first thing you said is is making the decision in your mind and, and i man if i knew 10 years ago uh the full power of choice and decision and really it's like deciding to take action but first you said we have to at least acknowledge that there is ownership to be had. I can own my day. So once people make the decision, I can own my day, what are some really simple and common things that you or Jody would recommend someone do now that they've made the decision? So building momentum is key. If you're going to start changing uh, your lifestyle habits, you're going to run into these invisible patterns that you've been patterning for years. And if we treat those patterns like muscles, it's like you've been building these certain muscles for years and to try to pull in a different direction, you're going to, you're going to face a lot of resistance. So, so it's like if somebody's going to start rehabbing their posture, let's say you've been in a computer chair for years and yeah, we both sit up. Um, 
it takes a lot of time to start teaching your abs to fire differently. It teach it, it takes time to rehab your glutes. It takes time to reshape the way you breathe, right? And if you try to just jump in and change it all, it's really daunting and overwhelming. So how do we give people a progression where they can feel really successful? I, I want people to feel like Babe Ruth just knocking the ball out of the park by taking steps that are easy enough to tackle. So for me, it's like, let's start with the first five minutes of your day and work from there. So when you ask about practical ways to own your day, to take ownership, ask yourself, how do I want to wake up in the morning? We can compare how most people are waking up to how you might wake up differently. So most people their eyes open because the alarm is going off and they just go, fuck. <laughs> so if that's the first thing that happens in your head, you've already given away your ownership and it's the first second of your day. And so the first thing is waking up and I encourage people just to think about one thing that they're looking forward to in their day. And if you can stack that one win and go, you know what? I'm looking forward to my coffee. I'm looking forward to my lunch break when I get to go to the sushi place or whatever and get some takeout. So just like one gratitude in the morning, one, one way to not just let the crushing mountain fall on you. Cause most people, the reason they hit the snooze button like four or five times is not because they're tired. It's because they're really stressed out about what they're going to face in their day. And a lot of that is coming from their own mind. And so taking ownership starts by taking ownership of those thoughts. When you wake up, I'm looking forward to walking my dog. I'm looking forward to drinking my coffee. I'm looking forward to seeing my friend on Zoom later. Now, if you can, if you can do that, dude, that's uh, going to create a cascade of change. Then there's like the physical things you can do. Uh, make your bed, drink a glass of water, shake your body around a few minutes. So you can see there's like these two types of things I like to share when it comes to this stuff. There's the, the mindset, um, the stories, the things you're telling yourself. And then there's like the physical, what are you actually going to take action with? And um, to me, it's pairing those both that are really powerful. And usually people are trying to do one or the other. They're like, yeah, that's great. I wish I could have good stories. I also feel like garbage. I'm hungover. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side, they're like, I did all the fucking things you told me to do and I still hate my life. And, and so like, how do you pair a positive gratitude mindset with some very accessible things like drinking water first thing, like shaking your body? Um, so that's where I start with people is I'll just say, what are the first three things you do when you wake up? And if those three things are something to be proud of, then you're probably going to be set up for a good day. If you think of those three things, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess, I guess they don't make me feel that great. Then then that's a great spot to start working from. Actually, you inspired me recently uh, where I saw or heard you describing like the five minutes of just shaking your body. 
And one thing we share in common is a background in martial arts. And so one thing that uh, I, my morning routine, one thing that I do that I'm not super proud of that I'm still uh, working on is opening any sort of application on my phone when I, as I wake as something to kind of like get my brain processing. So that's something that I've been looking to upgrade and replace. And so uh, I'm very good about, I say very good. I choose to drink a big thing of water essentially right when I wake up. That's one of the first things that I do. Um, my wifey is very good about the bed. Uh, she loves having a nice neat bed. She makes a hell of a bed, but if it's not done, I'll, I'll take care of it. But the thing that I've been doing in inspiration by you, Alex, is uh, I, I step out onto my back patio, no matter the weather in very little clothes and I shadow box. Mm -hmm. I shadow box for like three to five oh, I minutes love that. and the way that it's like, that. yeah, I love it because it's like, it's, it's the, it's the actual, if it's the earth, the earth element of this is the physical move, get the body loosened up, get the breath kind of, you know, moving around. I'm like energizing my body, but to take it like to the metaphor level, you were describing like the, when you wake up, if you're like, fuck. You know, one of the ways that I love combating that sensation of like, fuck, is I'm literally going to go box my shadow side. You know, that part of me that does say fuck sometimes, you know, I'm going to go out, I'm a fucking I'm going to shadow box with that guy. You know, like I'm going to throw some punches and move. And so, no, man, I'm the I, 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 I rule my day. Um, I'm navigating the <laughs> I guess the dichotomy or the the uh, uh, dilemma. It's more of a dilemma <laughs> of both allowing the world to exist as it is and asserting my will onto that world as well. And so shadow boxing has become a great uh, metaphor and an actual physical practice for both of those things. I go out, I move, I get the physical side, I'm actually charging my body, and I get to engage in this battle with my own shadow self that maybe doesn't want to do the chores or doesn't want to have to get up early to feed the dogs or those things. I go out and I, and I box against that guy. I'm like, not today, man. You know, not give him that little rabbit punch, you know, and like not today. And so that's my little contribution of marrying those two worlds is marrying the side of you that wants to wake up and take charge of your day. And also like acknowledging that some days you're not going to wake up feeling your best. That shadow side wakes up first, maybe. <laughs> and you got to like reclaim your vessel. Um, so that's something that I, I feel the, cause it's been cold here in Memphis too. Colder, I should say holiday season, it wake up some morning. It's in the, in the early, you know, in the low thirties. And so I go out and I'm not wearing a shirt. You know, I feel that I feel it real quick, but it's also like that, like you said, it's that bright, it's choosing discomfort in order for me to um, improve my day. But let me just also disclose that um, I've been, I, I like Alex, I've been working on this self-development thing for 15 years and in, in a certain, in one way, and maybe on the mental and emotional side, more closer to five. So it's still taking time. It's taken time to cultivate this will to get out, go outside with the shirt off, be uncomfortable for a moment and have that moment, that, that small little boxing match with myself. So, um, it is something that, that, that takes, takes time. And, uh, one thing I respect about your messaging is that you're, tr you're very transparent about these things. Um, you're, you might say, Hey, I'm going to work with you for nine. Well, I'm going to work with you for, uh, uh, what, three months, you know, 12 weeks. And, this is the, what I'm teaching you. I'm, I'm giving you the foundation for this process. You're going to now 
on uh, like take on for the next five to 10 years of your life. Um, so, uh, like you said, it's those moment, the momentum is the, is, is like the secret sauce of it all. People think that they're doing something that's not, Oh, I'm not doing enough. That five minutes isn't enough yet. When we try to do more than that, sometimes we try to do the several hour rehaul. I imagine you, you can speak on this. What is, what is the common experience when someone tries to change it all at once? Yeah, man, it implosion a lot of times. Um, so our lifestyle systems keep us on track and there are safety net. And so if you try to change the whole safety net at once, different parts of our psyche start to freak out and get overwhelmed. And um, that's been a big project for me is, you know, cause I used to go to the gym and train for three hours at a time and then maybe go back later that night, train some more. And so going from that mindset to saying 15 minutes is enough, um, there's a lot that goes into that process. And when you, when you try to do too much, usually people get really hard on themselves and they feel like they're failing and it, it sends the momentum in a different direction. Um, so, so yeah, when people try to do too much, generally they don't do any of it they'll just relapse and maybe some old protectors flare up and they'll just, you know what, I'm just going to go on the phone because I'm overwhelmed. I'm just going to go eat some cookies because I'm overwhelmed. Everybody knows there when your button gets pushed and you go past your stress threshold and you're not in control anymore and you go on your loop of protectors that make you feel better. I think everybody has their loop, whether that's like, you know, whatever it is, everybody's got their little protection loop. And, and so to me, the game is how can you stack small wins and delay that, that desire to just pull the ripcord and be like, we're off the wagon, boys. We're doing the old things again. And, and so for me, momentum is like, just stay cool. Keep, you, you got through your morning. That was cool. Now hit your noon. Okay, noon went well. Keep going. And, and I think if people can take small steps and get to the end of the workday and then let it all go, like you did great kid. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to be this. For me, that was one of my biggest obstacles was it doesn't have to be this Shaolin monk discipline where not a single drop of sugar enters your body and you're doing two hour workouts that hit every single aspect of strength, conditioning, mobility, mindset, like that's all great. I've done that. You know, I've taught people to do that. But to your point, dude, if 2020 ripped the blankets off of everybody, the last thing you want when you're feeling traumatized is like an overwhelming amount of responsibility. You want to focus on things you can tackle and feel strong with and, and stack those bricks versus just trying to hold up the whole brick shit house at once and having it all fall apart. No doubt, man. And yeah. I mean, uh, I use I use a very simple marker for these things. And so if somebody's like, how do I know if I'm doing too much? My I, I need one marker. Are you having fun? <laughs> Are you having fun? Hit, getting the momentum going. Dude, the other day I made out a list. I, I don't know why I did this uh, the other day. It's not my normal thing. I took a blank white piece of paper and I wrote down everything that I wanted to accomplish in 48 hours. And they were tasks. 
not some of them not that big of a deal. You know, one of them was make coffee, right? Read my book. I just wrote it on a piece of paper. And every time I completed the small one, getting to put that line through the thing. Yeah. Not erasing the thing. Yeah. Boom. You know, that is fun. Like, boom, boom. I got bang. I knocked that one off. Bang. I knocked that one off. I, the marker was like, I was having a blast, dude. I know that I'm doing too much when the things stop being fun. I'm because tr- as soon as it stops being fun, I'm trying to force something somehow, some way, because when I'm having fun, things feel easy. I'm like in the flow of it. So uh, what do you do for fun? What's your relationship to fun? And how has that evolved over the years? I love how you just laid that out because fun used to be stressful for me in a lot of ways where I was trying to force a lot into my day and I had all these expectations. Um, I think you laid that out really well that uh, doing things for, for yourself should feel good and fun. And caveat, it is hard to do new things. It is hard to, to try new patterns and stuff. So, um, you know, if you're trying new stuff and it's not always 100% fun, at least you want to feel balanced with it. If it's like you're dreading, dreading the things, I love that um, as your marker, like you should be looking forward to the things you're programming in for yourself. If they're meant to be positive, you know, so your will can only take you so far when you're building that lifestyle. Exactly. And, and eventually it's like, who am I doing this for? If it's not actually fun, like what's, you know, what am I doing? Whether it's playing an instrument or doing martial arts like for me, I can remember years where martial arts was not fun. I was training really hard and I was going to the gym so many nights a week and I was, I was getting better of course, but I think if I was having more fun, not only would I have gotten way better than I did or that I am, um, I think it would have just made the whole situation a lot more nourishing, uh, in my whole lifestyle versus a mindset where, I'm doing this out of expectations or I'm doing this so I can be enough or I'm doing this so that I can get approval. So when it comes to having fun, I'm really working these days on what is truly fun when I do it. And, and, and how can I make this about me and not about anything else, not about expectations, not about doing it right or wrong. So what I do now is I, uh, you know, to your, your point about that list that you made about all the things you wanted to do in 48 hours. I have a similar rubric for myself, but it's basically like, what project do you want to get done for work today? Um, what are you going to do for your health and fitness today? What are you going to do for your fun today? And if you can do like one thing that's fun, um, congrats, because most people aren't doing any things that are fun. And so uh, when I program my week, I make sure that every day I'm doing at least I I put a one hour or 30 minute block where it's something that's fun. So so like training the dogs, I like doing that. It's fun. Sometimes it's not always fun. So that's not my I'm not going to I'm not going to take my chores or my training, like reading about business. I'm not going to make that my fun. Okay. That's that the old me was like, well, yeah, it'll be fun, but I'll also stack it so that I'm it's 
progressing myself as a soul and as a yada yada. I try to hold space where it's like, this is straight up. Like there are no expectations here, except that you're just going to like tap into your creativity or have a good time. And um, so what I'm doing these days, uh, I try to pick one thing for like the month that I'm going to do. Cause I'm the type of person that if I have this free hour and I ask myself, what am I going to do? I can get decision fatigue and try to think of a thousand things I could do and end up not doing any of them. So right now my thing is if I have this time, I'm going to play guitar and I'm going to do my how to sing course that Jody got for me. And so I'll go out into the garage. I've got this great course I take that teaches me how to sing. And I've had so much fear around singing since the second grade when I auditioned for the show and I didn't get to do it. And I basically had this story like, oh, I'm, my voice is hideous. I'm the worst singer alive. I, I never do karaoke. I don't sing at weddings. I don't sing at church. I don't sing when people are singing. And I always wanted to sing so badly. Like I see people sing and I go, what an emotional like release. What a beautiful thing that people can do that. And so, so now I'm having so much fucking fun because I'm singing in my garage and it doesn't have to be for anybody. It's just this totally nourishing thing. That's like healing this wound from second grade that, that said like your throat should be tight and you shouldn't open your voice. And, and um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, for fun, man. <laughs> That's what I'm up to. <laughs> That's rad, man. I, uh, to me, like fun and expression go hand in hand. When I feel like I'm expressing my inner self in a way that to me is fun. I also want to create some clarity just because something is fun or fulfilling to you doesn't mean that it's going to come without its challenge. There will be challenges. I was talking to Carl Pally and he was like, you know, um, my handstand practice isn't always fun. In fact, sometimes it kind of sucks, but it's mostly a temporary feeling of suck that's coming from physical discomfort. Whereas the fulfilling nature and the fun that he's having is seeing his practice enhance mm. and get better. So uh, I want to yeah, create that distinction because your singing course, fun, fulfilling, but still going to come with challenge. Playing guitar, fun, fulfilling, still going to come with challenge. So um, I, doesn't, I don't want to create this idea or this misperception that I believe that you should only pursue what feels good. Right. But you can use the sense of feeling good in the form of fun or fulfillment as a marker that you're on the right track, that you're finding these things that are lighting you up. And so for me, like I said, uh, I have the most when I'm expressing uh, telling stories is is so much fun because I'm expressing this inner side of myself that loves to guide people on something in the theater of their mind you know i get to take people on a journey through storytelling that feels good it feels fulfilling and it's challenging you know it's challenging to get up and tell a story and embody characters in front of you know 20 30 people at a time it, it certainly has its challenge and i have that oh fuck moment like right before i'm about to step out movement and jujitsu was a i too fell into the trap of taking martial arts so seriously to the point where it was like 
I was not really enjoying the process that I was on. Um, when you are not enjoying it, going in, knowing you're going to get your, your ass handed to you and you're going to get tooled up for a couple of hours is dreadful. It's absolutely dreadful. Um, but a lot of times it's coming from this place where I feel like I got to win and I don't feel good. So I'm not going to win and all these things. So I have been a victim yep. of this too. Um, but now martial arts is a form of expression. And so I'm no longer attached to these things. Um, so yeah, that's just like it, it, and hell, you know, more than anybody, martial arts does not feel good. A lot of the time, jujitsu does not feel good when you're getting buried in your fifth roll round by the heavyweight that outweighs you by a hundred pounds and you can't breathe very well. And he's got his knee on your belly and he's trying to do a cross lapel choke, you know, and you're like, this sucks, dude. <laughs> uh, but it is a form of expression that over time allows me to feel more whole complete. And as a coach or, uh, as just a human that I, I want to see people, um, feel more human and feel expressed and all these things. And to me, like I said, that sense of fulfillment and fun of expressing is the marker that I use, um, for someone that is interested in learning how to express and to take ownership of their life and of their morning, where can people reach out to you, find more information about you and possibly get in touch? Beautiful, man. The, the two places I would love people to visit. Uh, one, we've got a free Facebook group, the morning routine dojo. And Jody and I share everything we know about morning routines in there. There's no, there's no veil. If you go in that group with us, we're going to share what we have to share. And um, it's an awesome place to get started if you're looking to make these changes. So look us up on Facebook, the morning routine dojo. Uh, the second thing we just launched is our YouTube channel, the morning routine dojo. And both of those places are going to be a great resource for people. Um, also hit me up on social media, obviously Alex Morningstar, um, easy to find me, but really it's that Facebook group. If people are looking to get started, we're, we're there to support people. And, um, it's a great place to be. Any other final words or things to leave people with any nuggets? Uh, yeah, it's uh, the nugget I'll leave everybody with is to express your mission to yourself on a daily basis, because everything we want, it's not a matter of motivation. It's not a matter of the right or wrong tools. If your mission is clear with yourself, you'll figure out you'll figure out what to do next. And if you can be really honest with yourself about what's important for you to create and what kind of relationships are important to cultivate, everything else will fall into place. So trust yourself and uh, come back to your, your mission every day and uh, it'll all work out. Just keep doing it. And to Brooks's point, have some serious fun doing it. Beautiful brother. I had serious fun today with you. I imagine people did as well. Um, signing off here. I just wanted to say thank you to Alex Morningstar for joining us and I will catch up with you next time. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Alex Morningstar. I had an absolute blast and I imagine you did as well. This show is brought to you by you. If you like the show, you can rate it five stars, you can leave a kind comment, or you can support by heading over to the donation page, which is linked in our show notes. You can subscribe monthly or you can make a one-time donation. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.